0: Welcome back to the Break F1 podcast. This is your source for a data-driven and analytical Formula 1 discussion. So unfortunately, last week I missed out on doing an episode on audio platforms because I was out in Austin. But if I do get caught up on my stuff this week, I'm going to share some of that later on this week. A little bit of a behind the scenes, if you will. Some pretty cool stuff to talk about there. But in this episode, we'll dig into the Mexico Grand Prix qualifying data and try to explain what happened. I mean, there's some pretty interesting results. Ferrari locking out the front row and Daniel Ricciardo splitting the Red Bulls, which was a little bit of a surprise, but the data is quite interesting. So, if you're more of a visual learner, there's a video version of this over on Break F1 on YouTube. But if you really want to geek out, check out break.com. That's B R R R A K E.com for the mailing list slash newsletter over on Buy Me a Coffee. And this is where I bring you deep dive analytical insights into every qualifying and race session and even more. So, let's get into the breakdown. So let's jump into the uh, let's jump into the headline items. Honestly, uh, Ferrari's take pole. How they went from pretty average throughout the week into a front row lockout was not that was not on my bingo card. I did not expect that at all. And honestly, in hindsight, the Tari was there thereabouts throughout the weekend, kind of like punching around in the midfield. But Daniel Ricciardo goes on to put in a flawless lap, from what I can tell. And he splits the Red Bulls. That's impressive. A lot of teams do not look like they got the most out of their car. Mercedes, not ideal. McLaren, also Lando struggled a bit. We'll go through all that in a minute. Don't forget, like all this stuff that I'm about to go through in this, you can see all the analysis and the detailed written report that gets emailed to you every qualifying and every race session. Usually that night or the next morning over at break.com, which will take you to buy me a coffee, which is basically like a a, a Patreon where I can publish this this technical deep dive newsletter. We've got qualifying and race deep dives every week, as well as often I'll do practice. Like the the practice ones are live. You can all see that. So the idea is we're not going to stop at what happened and walk away from the session. Then we're going to dig a little bit deeper and understand the why and how, because some of the stuff seems surprising. Some of it is surprising, and some of it actually isn't surprising. So I hope if you're um, tuning in for the first time, we might actually learn a bit. And also, if you guys are watching this in podcast format, I didn't really get into this last week because I was away at Austin, but we're definitely, I think I'm going to do a little behind the scenes, and just talk about my week last week in Austin, because I thought it was pretty fun. It gave me a really interesting insight into the world of Red Bull, not only Red Bull Racing. I think that'll be pretty good, and if you can't tell... I'm definitely under the weather a little bit, so if I have to pause and uh, blow my nose later, you guys will forgive me, right? So let's let's dig into it. Let's dig straight into the qualifying report. Honestly, that was one of the most unpredictable qualifying sessions for a dry qualifying that I think we've seen in a while. Ferrari, again, front row, despite weak pace on Friday, and they obviously had a messy free practice three session on Saturday, so not a whole lot to read into that. Daniel Ricciardo splits Max and Checo by, I think, seven hundredths of a second basically between each of them which is pretty pretty interesting um piastri also splits the mercedes norris with a shock elimination from q1 it looks like he bailed out of a lap due to an issue or something i missed the context on that and then he didn't set a proper lap time and the alfa Romeos fill out the rest of the top 10 Bottas p9 joe p10 despite they, they will see how far off they were other things of note sunoda only does a single run in q2 he's going to take a grid drop due to a power unit component change and Sargent doesn't set a lap time in q1 and is also penalized for not slowing under yellows so he gets a 10 place penalty so he actually starts behind sunoda today Um, and then we'll come back to the race expectations in a second but let's talk about There's a couple penalties that I want to talk about, or investigations that are worth noting. There were several investigations, namely Russell and Verstappen, who basically held everybody up in the pit lane. And the FIA said, we're going to look into it. The FIA came back today, and in short, the too-long-didn't-read version of that is, they said, the whole thing, we've got this maximum lap time on slow laps, so people don't box up cause a parking lot in the final corner with people coming through in a flying lap and those are super dangerous so they're like we don't have a, a solution for people stopping in the pit lane to make gaps but we much prefer them stopping in the pit lane to make a gap versus them stopping on track to make gaps so for now i get it and i don't i, I don't see a huge issue with that i think what you're going to see in the future is that people will start taking more conservative gaps and maybe taking going earlier Uh, in the session instead of waiting until the last minute and making, uh, you know, a big gaggle of cars. I think we'll see that pretty soon. So let's, for now, let's talk about qualifying pace throughout the season and see if we can draw any uh, understanding from this. Here is everybody's qualifying pace throughout the season. The closer you are to the bottom, the faster you are. And I've removed some of the wet qualifying sessions, which were a bit chaos. And let's just focus on, you know, this bunch of races here. So Red Bull typically setting the pace. Uh, Ferrari were close, uh, obviously very close in the USA. And obviously they've outdone Red Bull here. But here's some other stuff. Over the last couple of events, we've seen Mercedes closing the gap and McLaren closing the gap. But both of them this weekend underperformed, which was not great. Here's an interesting thing. We can't really see it that well, but look at the Alpha Tauri. That is Alpha Tauri's best qualifying performance of the season. Other, I mean, Alpha Romeo, about where they always are you know, something about a percent off or slower. Not a bad result from them, but look at the, we'll come back to that. Um, Haas, again, not a great performance. And Aston Martin, somebody asked in chat a second ago, is Aston Martin washed? They don't particularly have a great car right now and they can get close, but I mean, back row, back row. I mean, and honestly, if we look at it, I did a report. So if you want to look into this in any more detail, I did an explanation as to why I think Aston Martin have fallen off and it seems to tie in a lot with the characteristics of people saying they lost their flexi front wing. I mean, here's where they were good and then in Spain they took a hit and they've never been closer than half a percent from pole or the fastest lap of the session since the beginning. So, I think that's kind of damning. Again, Aston Martin were, or sorry, Alpha Romeo were a little bit anonymous. And if you want to look here's, an, here's another interesting thing we can look at, it's the qualifying pace improvement throughout the weekend. So this is the fastest driver from each team. And we can see Red Bull setting the pace throughout the weekend, but look at Ferrari. You know, okay, a little bit off, fourth fastest, joint, fourth fastest, third fastest. P3, they had traffic, mind you, they were absolutely freaking nowhere. And then, boom, massive improvement. Whereas everybody else kind of just chipped away and found, what do we got? Basically half a second per session, more or less, just slightly more than that. Um, Aston Martin made no improvements. Uh, Williams went absolutely nowhere, and Alex was talking about that. He says, mate, the car feels nothing like Free Practice 3, so I don't know what it is uh, with the Williams, but it, you know, going into that, we thought Alex was definitely going to have a shot in Q3, and then he gets... I think he was just into Q3, but he got his lap time dropped, but even then, I don't know how well he would have fared in Q3 if he had been fighting with everybody else. In terms of track evolution, I don't think that was crazy. I think we had a, a typically just over a second from uh, Q1 to Q3. So I really don't feel like that was a huge factor in everything. I think those deltas were pretty, pretty all right. So let's dig into the team's pace in qualifying outright. Obviously, Leclerc, about a percent and a half or a tenth of a percent and a half. 0.15% faster than Leclerc or Verstappen. Uh, Apologies. Yeah, Leclerc, just a little bit ahead of Verstappen. Ricardo, I mean, having Ricardo slotted in right here is pretty impressive. I feel like... The Mercedes, Lewis said he was struggling all weekend, so that's not surprising. But this is what I was talking about. This is getting into Q3 with the Alfa Romeo, and they're a percent off. They're basically, usually wouldn't be here, but we've got Alonso and the Aston Martin not having a shot. Uh, The Alpine still sandbagging, obviously, since winter testing. The the Alpine look like they've lost a, a a trick this season as well. I mean, we've been talking about Aston Martin. Alpine look like they've been smacked with something uh, pretty deep. I see a lot of you guys in the in the YouTube stream. I appreciate, and I'm glad you guys are enjoying the data dives. And if you're watching this later on YouTube or listening to this on the audio platform, um, all this stuff, I do these live on YouTube almost all the time. And then if you go to break.com or buymeacoffee.com front slash break, you will see... All the deep dives. Uh, Here's another interesting thing. Let's look at perfect sectors. So if if each driver put together their perfect sectors from the session, this is what it would look like. And honestly, I mean, Verstappen in his best sectors, and we'll look into his data in a second, Verstappen did not have much, and he might have just tied signs. Hamilton could have done Perez if he'd put his bests. Russell uh, would have been just behind Perez if he had done best. Piastri didn't have much left. And Bottas, if he had got it together, right, he might have been a little bit closer, but... He, he would have basically done Piastri. He would have stayed in the same spot. So nothing stand out at the back of the field either. Nobody really would have moved much. So people did put their perfect sectors together for the most part. And they weren't too far off. And it wouldn't have had a massive change in the pecking order. So here's another thing. And we hear the broadcasters talk about this all the time. Which is, you know, Mexico's super high altitude. So cooling requirements. You have a lot less air molecules to work with. So cooling the brakes, cooling the engine is hard. But... There's no downforce and there's no drag. You have the Monaco rear wing on and you have less downforce than you and drag than you have in Monza. So let's look at what that looks like in terms of the downforce and drag compromise uh, that the cars have and compare them versus each other. I think it's super interesting. So this is a graphic and we talk about this every single week. We will look at this graphic is the top speeds versus lap time or top speeds versus lap time so left is a slow straight line speed right is a fast straight line speed and this is not the speed traps this is the absolute peak at the end of the straight and then the closer you go to the top this is the slower the lap time closer to the bottom the faster the lap time you notice the red bulls and the ferraris sitting down here in the bottom right Um, that means fast in a straight line fast lap time that's a pretty good race car because you have the ability to defend or overtake in a straight line and you've got good grip through the corners most of the mercedes cars in the, a little bit in the middle hulkenberg and Magnussen, they've got good top speed but they're not particularly competitive acon and gasly have okay lap times but their straight line speed is quite terrible look at ricardo ricardo's a really interesting one he has a lot of downforce on the car and a lot of drag on the car but he's made quite a bit up there and we'll look at daniel ricardo's lap in a lot more detail in just a second but i think that's an interesting thing ferrari big straight line speed good corning performance and we'll look at the difference between those guys in a minute. Speaking of, why don't we do this now? And I know I know, this is going to piss a lot of you guys off and if you're watching this on YouTube, it will piss you off, trust me. And if you're listening to this on audio, just I'll just describe what's going on and the, the key differences between Leclerc, who's the blue trace, and Verstappen, who is unfortunately the red trace because he was the slower car. That's a great point by uh, Olivier is Ricardo risks being a sitting duck in straight line unfortunately. But let's see if he can race, because he'll have good straight line speed, but overtaking on the main straight, oof, quite difficult. And if you guys have any questions in the live stream, uh, Leclerc's in blue, Verstappen's in red. And we can, what we can see from this in, in the first instance is their top speeds are quite similar, but Leclerc is much more confident on the brakes into turn one, and he gains nearly a tenth of a second by the apex of one, two. He rolls more speed through two, so in the sector one, Leclerc is already up a tenth on Max, and then Leclerc also is huge. There's a little bit of an issue with the data here, but Leclerc roughly makes up over another tenth into 4, 5, and 6. Uh, he has a little bit of a, a poor exit out of 6, and then Max makes up quite a bit of time uh, in turn 7, 8, nine, You have know, the high-speed S's in the middle of the circuit. And at this point, after turn 10, Verstappen and Leclerc are a couple hundreds apart. Not much at all. Going into the stadium section... Leclerc and Verstappen are about, you know, the, the right hander turn twelve, where a lot of people had mistakes. Not a whole lot of a, a big deal of that, but breaking into the very, very low speed left hander turn thirteen, uh, Leclerc finds a couple hundreds over here, and that's really what makes Leclerc's lap. So, in terms of characteristic differences between the car, Ferrari looked like they were very strong on the brakes. That could have been a tire preparation thing, or maybe they're just happy with the brakes this weekend. We didn't hear Max, or I didn't hear Max, making any comments about the brakes. He had brake issues in USA, but. I'm not really seeing a whole lot of that. Um, and then in terms of high speed, the Red Bull looked quite a bit sharper in the high speed. Let's talk about Leclerc versus Ricardo. And then we'll we'll look at Hamilton and then we'll dig into the Red Bulls and Ricardo and kind of see where that was. So here is Leclerc in blue and Ricardo in red. And you can immediately see the straight line advantage. If you see this, look at the top speed here. I mean, he's carrying 10 kilometers an hour faster down to turn one. By from the start finish line until turn one Leclerc is two tenths of a second faster and then from the exit of turn three down to turn four which is about half that length he finds another tenth of a second so but let, let's, let's rewind that a little bit and put it in context because this is a good di- good high downforce versus low downforce and I think the Alpha Tauri just is pretty draggy but they must be super draggy or I don't know maybe the Ferraris lost a lot of uh the Frog and Red Bull look very similar in terms of performance profiles, but the AlphaTauri, Ricardo holds his own through one, two, three. He maybe loses a couple hundreds here, tops. Again, Leclerc very strong on the brakes into turn 5, but then Ricardo, despite... No, no, not despite, but Ricardo having what looks like a little bit more drag and downforce, he's much quicker through turn 10, 11, and he claws back a tenth or so, and then look at this. Ricardo is an absolute monster into turn 12, and this turn 12 is probably one of the trickiest corners on the circuit to get right. You've just gone through the high-speed section, put a lot of work into the tires, and then you've got to gauge the wind, the track temperature, and how much stress you put into the tires and how bad of shape they're in so that you can make enough rotation into turn 12 and judge that right. Ricardo literally finds nearly two-tenths breaking into turn 12, and then he has a really strong stadium section to be... Basically, Ricardo's lap time... All of it, he lost on the straights um, and a little bit through sector one corners, but that was a monster, monster lap for Daniel Ricciardo, I think, honestly. Um, now let's look at Hamilton quickly, because I think that'll round out the, the fast cars. Then we can dig into uh, the difference between the others. Hamilton, red, r- Hamilton's in the middle of the field in terms of top speed. So I think they'll be competitive, not at a huge disadvantage, but if you've got, a, if a Mercedes ends up in front of a Red Bull or Ferrari, they're going to be struggling quite a bit. But, I mean, Leclerc is quite a bit stronger than Lewis through one, two, three. Again, Leclerc finds a quarter of a second into turn four, five, and Lewis is really not happy with turn four. Look at his apex speed there. He's just struggling into turn four massively. Lewis does quite a bit better through the high-speed section and then matches Leclerc in the final sector. So Lewis's lap was basically undone in the low-speed at the beginning of the lap. I don't know if that's a tire prep issue or something else, but I mean, Lewis was was pretty clear this weekend. He was not having a good time with the car, not predictable. And I wonder, I wonder if them doing a, um, you know, a scrub tire run at the end of Q3 hurt their preparation. They weren't quite as ready for that final run. I did not look any deeper into his Q2 and Q3 laps, but give me one second. Do Ferraris have better turn in? That's an interesting question and I'm not too sure. I'm not going to look at Bottas. Bottas was similar straight line, slower everywhere. And Piastri was good in sector one, but had a really terrible turn four or five. So big things, big headline items to take away. Ferrari looked very strong on the brakes into the big stops, which is going to be huge. Uh, And they've got the straight line speed. So in terms of overtaking, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Um, High speed corners, the Red Bulls and Mercedes and McLaren should be able to follow. But the Mercedes might struggle with straight line a little bit. We're not too sure. The, the, the big talking point is Perez got outqualified by Daniel Ricciardo in the Alpha Tower. And let's look at the difference between these two laps. So here's Ricciardo in red, Perez in blue. Again, Ricciardo's losing two tens in the straight. And this is probably going to go back to the McLaren and Spa. You remember when they got absolutely handled absolutely everywhere? Perez has a little bit of a snap or an issue on traction out of turn three, which costs him nearly two-tenths of a second here. He gains on the straight and then he loses out through the apexes of 4-5. Again, that costs him all that time that he lost on the straight. or All the time that Perez gained on the straight, he loses out through the corner. And then again, Perez looks like he's got a little bit of a hesitation or a moment in 7-8 because he loses out time there and then gains it back. And then Ricardo absolutely monsters it into turn 12. I don't think Checo did a bad job I think Checo did about the same job as everybody else so I'm not too sure what's going on there now let's look quickly at Verstappen versus Ricardo and that this will this will be what the difference is between these two so Max doesn't lose out Ricardo obviously gains through turns one two and three Max doesn't lose out here Ricardo is really strong through turn four five he just about gains a little bit of an advantage. And actually, Max does a pretty strong job relative to both Perez and Ricardo through uh, eight, nine. So that's interesting. And then again, Ricardo absolutely a monster breaking into turn twelve. And if he can keep that up, he could stay close this weekend. Yeah, we'll see. Interestingly, here's Perez's last three laps. I'll just I'll just talk through it. It looks like Perez really struggled with a couple things this weekend, and one of the big issues he struggled with in qualifying was nailing the rhythm through turn 7, eight, 9. I think we saw Lando Norris get caught out there, and also turn 12 in the final sector. I mean, this is a super technical track, and Jensen was even saying on the broadcast, this is one of those tracks where on the soft tire, if you overslide it just a little bit, the tire doesn't cool down as much either, and so you're going to lose grip for the next corner. So if you have a moment or you overslide through turn 7, eight, 9 too much you could be in trouble for turn 12 and the stadium section. So everybody's qualifying is over. Let's talk about the race. Um, In terms of tires remaining, this is interesting. Verstappen's got two hards and one new medium left. Perez has one hard and two new mediums. Most of the other Ferraris, Mercedes, Alpines, and McLarens have one new hard and one new medium. Last year... Verstappen did a soft, medium, one-stop. This year, that is a medium-hard one-stop. It's the same compounds. So, yeah, I'm thinking if nothing's changed massively from last year in terms of conditions, we could see another medium-hard one-stop for pretty much everybody. Uh, Somebody that's out of position may consider starting on the hard. I will be surprised to see anybody in the top 10 starting on the soft, considering that looked like a one lap tire. Yesterday, some of the teams were doing a build lap on the medium. So let's see, Ricardo on the hards. I don't know. Does that make any sense for him? Or should Daniel just run his fastest race? Because if he runs on the hards, he's going to spend even more time being overtaken by slower cards out of sync with him. Yeah, that's that's a really good question, but I don't I don't think so. I, I think the this, this, this soft is a one-push-lap qualifying tire. Maybe if somebody wants to set a fastest lap at the end of the race and there's a safety car, you might fit it for a sprint to the end, which I wouldn't hate to see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. i am I'm honestly medium-hard, one-stop. But... I want to give you guys a quick heads up. I will be live about 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes before the Grand Prix tonight. So we're going to watch that. So if you're watching this video back later, you're hanging out in the live stream. I'd love to see all of you guys tonight for the watch along. Uh, a lot of people here like to pull me up alongside the broadcast using MultiViewer. And if you enjoyed that, you can find all that information over on buymeacoffee.com front slash break or just break.com. That's B R R R A K E. If you're not subscribed subscribe to the podcast on audio platforms as well drop a like on the youtube stream here and then i will see all of you tonight for the mexican grand prix watch along i hope you guys found this little breakdown and discussion and just to hang out enjoyable and again if you're watching this back later keep an eye on the youtube live stream segment on break f1 for uh when the next streams and chats are coming so uh yeah i'd love to uh engage with you guys more in person but if not everybody else enjoy this on audio don't forget to check out break.com or buymeacoffee.com front slash break and i will see you guys tonight and also if you like hanging out and everybody in here has been super polite and awesome do be sure to check out the discord link in the description below and if you're on audio come over to the youtube page and check out any of the videos and the discord link will be in those descriptions and i will see all of you tonight thank you so much for hanging out and uh we'll talk in a couple hours Peace.